Ah, this great awakening we're all going through. It's a hell of a ride, isn't it? And it's sure not easy. The whole idea of waking up doesn't just mean seeing all the problems going on at a collective level regarding the corruption with our institutions and authorities, but it's also a very personal, very individual process. I would actually say the most important part of waking up is at an individual level. That's where it all begins. And if we all woke up to our own personal programming, things would change at a collective level. As above, so below. Admitting our own personal shadows and doing something about them is far easier said than done, though. It's easy to criticize the problems within our government. It's far more difficult to criticize our own selves. It seems within the so-called awakening movement, there's still plenty of division, groupthink, confirmation bias, and general toxic personality behavior that we need to deal with if we are to collectively evolve together. To speak about the deeper spiritual and psychological components to the Grand Awakening, I had a conversation with Bernard Gunther, who's been in this game for decades and is well-versed in helping people overcome their own personal shadows. If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so by subscribing on Locals, Subscribestar, or Substack for just a few bucks per month. Each of those platforms will be listed down below, and your help in bringing this content to the people is greatly appreciated. Now for episode 20 of the Conspiracy Analytica podcast, The Psychology of Awakening with Bernard Gunther. Bernard, it's an honor to have you here. I think it's been three years since we talked before. You had me on your podcast. Yeah. Was that 2019, 2020 timeframe? 2020, I believe. 2020, yeah. And I've been a fan of your work for years. I really love how you dive into deep psychological and spiritual aspects of just the general awakening process. And you deconstruct dogmatic thinking no matter where it is. You'll look at dogmatic thinking in the new age realm. You'll look at dogmatic thinking in the religious realm, political realm, all of it. So I greatly appreciate your work. And recently I saw you post on Twitter a, I think it was an article that you copy and pasted of yours onto Twitter, but it was a fantastic article. Let me get the title of it here. It was how the awakening impulse can get hijacked and the truth movement is getting compromised. Fantastic article discussing just a lot of the a lot of the shadow issues that's still within the so-called truth seeking and awakening movement. A lot of groupthink, a lot of echo chambers still amongst a lot of those who think they're red pilled and awake and aware. Great mm -hmm. article. So that's why I wanted to have you on here to discuss that. So I guess my first question is, what inspired you to write that? Excellent. Thanks for having me, Jordan, by the way. Absolutely. Good to reconnect. Excellent. Um, well, what inspired me, two things. Number one, what I see happening, especially over the past three years, there's a quote-unquote awakening, but also like an infighting within the so-called truth of movement and different fractions focusing on different topics. And, um, you know, there's a lack of self-awareness and just almost mistaking just informational awareness for awakening, right? Because I think the term awakening has been very misused, abused, oversimplified, right? We talk about the great awakening. I think there's an awakening happening to a degree, but to me, there are different levels of awakening. I think what people understand nowadays as being red-pilled, and awakening is more an informational, intellectual awareness and awakening of, oh, we're being lied to by the government. Oh, there's the deep state. Oh, um, you know, the pharmaceutical corruption, the banking cartel. You know, you can go deep into secret societies. We're being manipulated. But it's more an informational, intellectual awareness. So you start to 
questioning what you've been told and taught, right? And down the rabbit hole you go. So um, that, from my perspective, cannot be called a true awakening when you look in the deeper spiritual <laughs> levels of, you know, total union with your true self, the divine, whatever you may want to call it. And the way I see it, there needs to be three kinds of awakening. Yes, an informational intellectual awakening, but there also needs to be a psychological awakening and ultimately a spiritual awakening. And what I see missing in the truth of movement, and by the way, the second point I want to make, I'm also taking myself <laughs> into the equation. I'm not taking myself out of the equation because I fall into the same traps myself. When I tumble down the rabbit hole, getting stuck in information overload, especially nowadays, you can easily get black-pilled, doom and bloom, paranoia. All of a sudden, everybody I don't agree with is a shill or a controlled op in all of that. I'm sure you have gotten that uh, mm -hmm. projection as well, right? This oversimplification, and that's due to because of lack of psychological awareness, right? And what I see missing in the call so-called quote-unquote truther movement. I say quote-unquote truther movement <laughs> because I don't like to associate associate myself with any movement. There's already like groupthink movement. I'm not part of, I've been on this journey for a long time in my own way over the decades with my own learning lessons, the easy, the hard way, right? Um, but there's a certain lack of psychological self-awareness. And that I feel is really compromising the truth movement or people who are started awakening more than actual content pro agents, controlled oppositions, shills that infiltrate the movements as well, or the, you know, that are definitely also there. We know that, right? Well, uh, one thing that there's most definitely COINTELPRO agents, but yeah. these COINTELPRO agents wouldn't have an effect on people if they were, if they had that psychological armor, if they were able to, exactly. if they were able to see the manipulation yes. and, be emotionally detached from certain narratives that they want to believe because it's the it's the confirmation bias it's the preconceived yes. notions that yeah. these cointel infiltrators will ping in people and then that easily gets them following them and loving them and then they get more manipulated so yes. yeah, yeah totally right it's the psychological self-awareness that a lot of people need and and I also agree when you say truth or movement, it's so tough to describe exactly <laughs> yes. what it is because you have a lot of different niches. You have a lot of different communities yeah. within this overarching community, people into UFOs, people into politics, people into esoterica and all kinds of different stuff. So it's it's tough to put a name on it for sure. Yeah. Now, but you, may, you hit the nail on the head. And that's, as you may know, a good content pro and disinformation works that way by our, what I call the shit sandwich. Right. So Shit in order sandwich. to in order to really infiltrate and take the bait, take for somebody to take the bait and swallow the lies, they need to sandwich in between some truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of like through the information bias. Oh, this person's speaking some truth that resonates me with me. And then all of a sudden they take it all in and swallow the lies as well. And that's how you easily can divert a whole movement. You have to see specifically in the Q movement, you know, which you rightfully point out a lot. You know, that has become infiltrated with all kinds of questionable claims. And then ironically, the mainstream then attacks the false claims and all gets convoluted and disrupted. But what, I, what do I mean by um, lack of psychological awareness? Basic self-awareness, right? When I really take an information, you know, how do I discern? It's not just an intellectual process. Yes, part of it is logical fallacies and research and all of that. But... 
we can easily swallow lies because we quote unquote resonate with something. We intuitively feel this is the truth, but it's wishful thinking. It's a bias that confirms to what we want to happen, what we want to see rather than as things are, right? Um, it appeals to wishful thinking or um, appeals or we, we reject something because something is outlandish or makes us feel afraid or we like to believe something, especially in New Age, because it makes us feel good. It must be the truth, right? So that is, for example, already lacking the, the discernment right there. But ultimately, what, what I bring it down to is just basic shadow work from a young perspective, really understanding your own triggers and projections. That's the key point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we so easily get triggered by something and then emotionally react and project all our own stuff onto another person and don't even see that person as he or she is. And there are two kinds of projections I see happening. One is negative shadow projection, the other is positive shadow projections. Negative uh, projection, meaning you project all kinds of negative qualities on the person, you know, completely paint them as evil, content pro shill without seeing any nuance, especially, right? And the nuance is key. This is necessary. There's, there's oversimplified black and white thinking all across the so-called truth movement. Or positive shadow projection, when we put somebody on a pedestal, right? I can... For example, Trump, a lot of people have extreme positive projection, the ultimate savior. He cannot do anything wrong. Anything, everything he has done has meaning, is only positive. There's nothing, quote unquote, questionable, you know, in this character. That so whole... I see it's it's both ways, right? Absolutely. Negative and positive shadow projection. And that idea of a savior, I call it the savior psyop, in that you could look at it across the spectrum in any movement whether it's hyper left-wing people, their savior yeah. is science or their savior is the government or their savior is some politician, whatever it is. You could have people on the right side of the spectrum. Their savior is this religious figure. Their savior is this politician. In the UFO movement, their savior is this guy who calls himself a whistleblower or this guy who leads this disclosure project or whoever, right? It's, yeah. I mean- it kind of boils down to our own insecurities and we don't want to do the work ourselves because it's a lot of work. It is tough. There's a lot of time and energy that is required in basically saving ourselves in essence. So it's scapegoating that responsibility. It's a lack of self-responsibility and it's scapegoating that responsibility onto some other being or entity or ideology thinking, that's going to save us so I can just sit back and relax. And exactly. no, I agree. You know, I'm I'm a fan of Trump. A lot of what he does and says, but a lot of people still project that savior idea onto him or onto Q or again, it's not political, left-wing, truth or movement, whatever. It's just the, the savior mentality. Very hard out there. Yeah. No, no, you had an nail on the hat. You see it all across the board. And what's happening, people fall... People who have not really done any inner work, what I mean by inner work, become psychologically aware, understand basic psychological concepts, like when you get triggered, what's happening within you, when you project, when you get really emotionally aroused about something, falling to victim blame, there's something to look within yourself and take self-responsibility for the way you feel, right? Um, the savior program and all of that, the victim blame trap is a matrix program in itself. We see it on both sides on the political sp spectrum. So we need to have a certain self-awareness and people who don't have it, they fall into a trap what's called or a concept uh, that is called psychological splitting, meaning it's like a little child that gets immensely triggered because her dad and mom didn't give it 
what what she or he wanted, right? And all of a sudden, mom is completely evil and bad because <laughs> she didn't get that toy or whatever, right? And you see this within people, like if there's something, be it Musk, Elon Musk, Trump, or Tucker, or anything, all of a sudden does something that goes against who they thought the person is, all of a sudden it's a shill, it's contra pro, it's it's evil. Right. So they can only see things in extreme black or white, all good or bad without nuance. And what we need is more nuance because nobody's perfect. And I fall into this trap. I can see a say, say, um, take Elon Musk as an example. I, for the longest time, thought he's the um, wolf in sheep clothing, technocratic, you know, take over the Trojan horse of compromising everybody and getting us into this uh, transhumanist nightmare, AI nightmare, and all of that. There might be still an aspect to it. But looking now what he has done and everything, like I see it's more nuanced, right? He's not all good or evil, right? He has his issues. So uh, same with Trump. You know, people hardcore project their TDS onto him, right? He cannot do anything wrong. Or like we said, only positive. But maybe it's more nuanced. It's just not black and white. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is a shill right away, a paid agent. Yes, we know that's happening as well. But some people are just human beings and they just do it based on their, you know, sense of self-reality with their own misshapes uh, or characteristics. But nobody is all absolute evil, for example, doesn't even exist, you know, from a philosophical perspective to begin with. You see this in the yin and yang symbol. So coming to a nuanced view is really, really important nowadays. So we don't, like I always like to say, we don't throw the baby with the bathwater, right? When somebody kind of now, even with Stephen Greer, for example, he fully on pushes the in the UFO, the disclosure project, doesn't think there are any negative aliens. The abduction phenomena is not real. It's just military, you know, and there are all kinds of uh, sketchy claims about, you know, that he makes and his so-called whistleblowers and anonymous sources and all of that. Right. And, and I have a lot of issues with that, but I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I think he has some good things to say even though he's, I feel, is misleading on some level. Um, but, you know, in order to come more to a grounded discernment that we need in the truth movement, we need to have this, this self-awareness. So we come on from a grounded place and really understand when we get triggered and project and really discern information that way. And also then go beyond just the, the information war and how do we relate to other people? Because a lot of us nowadays, especially over the past three years, we just sit behind the month, behind the screen on the internet, you know, posting, and that helps to spread some sort of informational awareness. But what's the relational aspect, right? I mean, I see on Twitter, it's extremely toxic sometimes the way people talk to each other and, and, mm -hmm. and how they project. And from my perspective, that is the true divide and conquer frequency, what you were also hinting at that divides people from within through their own psychological issues, their own childhood, mommy, daddy issues, even right. A childhood trauma, all of that. And then for me, that brings in a deeper esoteric occult perspective. There are other forces manipulating humanity from unseen realms that feed off of all the divide and conquer, all the projections that pits humans against humans. And I have to see the same, like you mentioned, for example, of this whole, you know, leftist woke pathology that has taken over, humanity over the past three years and has been building up, obviously, as we know. But it also created an, ex it did create a more and more right-wing conservative regressive movement that goes back to a very, from my perspective, disturbing medieval dogmatic Christianity that that's not helpful, right? That's extremely judgmental. And then they project on the left and the left project on the right and everybody's identified with their side. And that's works for 
the matrix forces in unseen realms as as the way I see it beyond the political reality, beyond the globalist reality, there are other forces operating. You know, that's that's I get into that a lot in my work as well, what I call the hyperdimensional matrix, other beings that kind of pit humans against humans that kind of work through us or tag into our shadow, our traumas and use it against us. And like you said, even the controllers in the world, you know, um, you can name MKUltra and all of the other things, the deep state, they know our psychology. They know how to manipulate people psychologically. They know that very well. They know how to tag into your projections, get to trigger people, all of that to make them react in a certain way. And people in the so-called truth movement are not immune from that, right? Like you said rightly, we need to come to a grounded inner place, really do our inner work so we can weather the storm so we are not being taken over and easily manipulated uh, psychologically through the informational warfare. Because the informational warfare, the um, fifth generation warfare, is not only an information level, it happens literally on a psychological level. It's psi warfare. So what can we do to really um, protect ourselves from or become better warrior? Well, we need to understand our psychology, engage in psychological work, really, so we are not being misled or triggered or fight each other. And that takes as you mentioned, to a high level of self-responsibility, because I always say it's much easier, quote-unquote, to find truth out there and and expose the lies out there than facing the lies you tell yourself or how you lie to yourself. It requires a certain level of humility and self-responsibility, so you do not blame others, project externally, or look for saviors and all of that. And it doesn't feel good, right, to, to become, to be responsible for everything you feel. So that's kind of a me in a nutshell that we really need to become move towards the psychological awakening in this informational warfare because ultimately when we talk about we want to awaken what does it even mean i feel sometimes we forget the uh, the goal of what we're why we're doing what we're doing right so what does it mean to awaken we, I, you know even to anybody in the audience uh, uh, who is listening to this podcast put the question out there that what does it mean to awaken we want to like have a better world but what does it mean so that moves us then deeper to the spiritual aspect and really going beyond this ego construct we identify ourselves with, that constantly gets triggered with its self-importance or self-pity, right? And what is the true self within us, you know? The divine within, the kingdom within, whatever the, you may want to call it. I want. I don't believe in this religious distorted idea that there's a God out there external from us. It's just about our own divinity within us, our true self. That's the true awakening, right? Once we come to that place, that's where we then really can create a better world. Because I feel the way the matrix forces work, they want to distract us, distract us by keeping everything externalized, mm -hmm. right? By uh, keeping us also even stuck in the rabbit hole, right? I, I don't think we're going to come to a great awakening anytime soon just by information alone. That's not going to happen. I mean, as within, so without, there's a deeper truth that all is one, all is interrelated. So what we really need it's a shift of evolution or transformation of consciousness, and it starts within ourselves, right? And I'm not going into new age territory, just to be clear. I'm not saying to just love and light and just think positive thoughts and just make nice with everyone. No, there's a war. We're in a spiritual warfare. Evil is real, absolutely. But as I always like to say, you know, we need to face the evil without, but also our own darkness. We all have the potential for evil within ourselves. We all have our own stuff and triggers. And that's where the real work begins. As I always, I wrote this a while back, and I think I mentioned it in the article uh, you you quoted as well, 
that after the all the rabbit holing you do for all the years, right? Uh, if you don't get lost in it, because a lot of people get lost, literally in paranoia, bl black pill, doom and gloom, uh, you know, a dead end, you will face a mirror and then you will face directly yourself. And that's when the real work starts. So for me and my work, what I've been really about um, over the years, especially with my wife, Laura, as well, it's about combining both, what I call the inner and outer work, right? The outer work is the discernment, the information, educating ourselves, helping people to awake by spreading seeds of awareness. But then also the inner work. Okay, I need to heal my own stuff. Everybody's wounded to varying degrees, right? Everybody has trauma, conditioned, past life, karmic lessons, all of that. And then spiritual work. What is your relationship to God and the divine? And that's for everybody differently. But we have also been misled and very conditioned and programmed through the corrupted religious programs, right? Which we see emerging now as well. So it is, there needs to be a holistic awakening, both on information level, psychological and uh, spiritual. So we do not fight each other and take each other down through the divide and conquer tactics. Yeah, I really like that you are speaking to projections out there amongst everybody. Recently, I've been speaking a little more openly, researching and speaking, posting about a little more out there topics, like my views on extraterrestrial life, ancient civilizations, what all these different ancient books were actually telling us about our history, uh, different alternative physics concepts, all these sort of out there stuff. And the flack I've been receiving from people who assert themselves to be awake and aware it's insane it's it's crazy the amount of flack i've gotten from them people just wanting me to conform to their dogmatic religious beliefs people mm -hmm. uh just getting me into their echo chamber or wanting me to appease their own confirmation biases basically they just want me to believe and say what they believe and say and i'm thinking all day long, they're attacking people on the left side of the political spectrum, calling them brainwashed, saying that they are sucked into groupthink, that they're sucked into echo chambers and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, so are you. So are you. You're exhibiting the exact same behaviors that you're blaming people on the left for doing. So it's it's fascinating when you like you were describing, there's the intellectual awakening, which is sort of the first level, but then you really have to dive deeper into the psychological and spiritual components of it. And we all, like you said, we all are have been traumatized to a varying degree, whether it's in childhood, whether we are traumatized by what we're learning about the world. So it's causing us a form of schizophrenia or, or very subtle paranoia or something. So the nuance is tough for us to see, whatever it is there's a lot of shadow work that we each have to do individually. And I also appreciate how you said we can almost get lost in the rabbit hole because that's yeah. also something I'm noticing a lot recently in that people will waste ungodly amounts of time and energy on stuff that doesn't even matter. Isn't, isn't yeah. really all that relevant to creating change in our communities and in our society and in our world. Yeah. How many hours do people spend on this flat earth garbage? I'll just throw it out there. I don't care how many crap comments I get from people upset at me for it. Yeah. How many man hours? And that might even be one of the goals of whoever's running this whole flat earth psyop is just to waste people's time and energy. But yeah, 
first of all, it's ridiculous. It's like a mind virus, like thinking the earth's a pancake and there's some dome over our heads and whatever. And then all of the mental gymnastics they do to try to justify that belief. And then all the arguing they do with people on the internet over that belief and yeah. all the projection and vi almost abusive, violent behavior sometimes. Yeah. And just how many, how much time of their lives have they wasted on something that's just a dead end? So it's weird. Yeah. It's real weird. No, no, I, I think oh, that reminds me. There's a concept called spiritual bypassing, right? That's, uh, I'm sure you've heard about that when people use abuse spiritual concepts, especially new age concepts or and, pop and spiritual real, concepts. And real quick, ironically, right. a lot of the people I see talking about spiritual bypassing are doing a load of spiritual bypassing themselves. It's, it's hilarious yeah. to see. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we all, exactly. So, but, you know, what I'm hinting at that people use, you know, they overestimate the level of being and they avoid deeper based psychological work and overestimate their spirit. They think already awake then 5D and all of that, but, you know, it's more disassociation basically, right? And then uh, they think they are, you know, identify themselves as star seeds and all of that. It's a trauma response to find a new spiritual identity, right? Mm -hmm. The ego itself of that. Uh, but what, the, what you mentioned, what I, it's, it's what I call the conspiracy bypass. And I'm not taking myself out of the equation. I've done this, you know, I've been in this long time, started, to, you know, red pilled in, in the 90s and, and, and from there on. And I've seen it myself and I see many others. Um, a lot of the times I want to dig down the rabbit hole and go deep down and find a reason, you know, because many of us, we cannot fit in. We question what we've been told and taught. And it's a great impulse. You know, something is wrong with the world. I want to figure it out. This is something is, is not right. And that's a, that's a natural positive impulse or something is, I call it almost a spiritual immune system intact, right? So we want to like question things and not just go along with things. However, I've seen this also, and it's, it's ex happened more exponentially over the past three years. A lot of very wounded, traumatized people get into this conspiracy stuff and get stuck there as an avoidance to deal with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. It gives them an identity, right? To not deal with their daily res uh, responsibilities, their own psychology, just to blame everything and everyone, the system for their failings and, and misfortunes and, and all of that, whatever it may be. So it's a trauma response that people really want to identify or go deeper down the rabbit hole uh, and not take responsibility and, and not focus on anything creative, for example. I think that's very important, you know, Besides pointing out what's wrong with the world, like pulling out all the weeds, it's finding good. We also, as I call it, we need to water the flowers and focus on what's good too and kind of nurture your own, be creative, create something, have a plan, have a goal, right? I mean, as much, there are a lot of things I don't agree with Jordan Peterson, but he says this one thing, before you criticize the world, clean up your own room, right? <laughs> that analogy. And yeah. I kind of like that in the sense, like, what do you contribute to the world? What, you know, what do you create? You know, step in your creative power, take responsibility, right? Um, get you, so get many, your life in order, so to speak. What are you doing on an everyday basis besides just digging down on the in rabbit hole on the internet, right? Yeah, there's so many critics out there. There's so many keyboard warriors, which there's a lot of stuff in our world to be critical about. Don't get me wrong, but you need to offer solutions as well. Yeah. And some people just like being, I mean, you brought up, Jungian psychoanalysis earlier, which I'm a big fan of Carl Jung and a lot of people who followed in Carl Jung's footsteps, like Dr. Robert Moore and Joseph Campbell and all that. But Jungian in, um, no, it's not Carl Jung, it's Dr. Robert Moore, one of his understudies. He 
created a quadrated psyche and his archetypes were the king warrior magician lover and yeah. with his magician archetype one of the shadows of that magician archetype is people who basically just get off on being the being the bookworm being the intellectual badass and they think yeah. you know that's where their ego goes wrong and they'll sit all day and argue 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 about all these intellectual things but it's uh you know that's the shadow aspect of that archetype manifesting through them and there's so many of them out there but okay you want to break down all these systems what are we going to replace it with what kind of solutions are we going to offer instead of everything you're criticizing and yeah. it's almost like the powers that be like you said they know they know our psychology better than we do so yeah. they they pit us in these sort of dead ends where we just squabble with each other, where we waste our time, waste our energy, and we really just don't get anything meaningful done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm also reflecting back, like, because I've seen this a lot of people, you know, Lauren, my wife, Lauren, and I, we, we mostly work with people. Uh, we have our 14-week coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening. We've done this already 12, 13 times. It always fills up where we combine deep inner work, psychological shadow work, trauma work, and spiritual work, you know, your relationship to the divine parts work, childhood wounding, past life work, but also outer work context, what's happening in the world, understanding how to discern information, critical thinking, but ultimately this holistic approach based on the, uh, uh, of self-work, which I call the fourfold approach, working on all levels, physically, psychologically, intellectually, yes, informationally, and, and spiritually. But physically, meaning also on the basic level, get your basic health together, right? Have a healthy diet, do your exercise, be out in nature, be grounded in reality, become a self-responsible person, take care of your life affairs, right? Which ties into this whole other topic of the matrix poverty scarcity program, which triggers people a lot. And then people project on you, why Why do you charge for this? Why are this and that, right? Well, in the meantime, you're already pa providing- Patriot, that's my favorite one, calling you a <laughs> patriot- as if, yes, as if they expect but, everything for free. I just, yes. it was funny the other day. So I'm writing a series of Substack articles I'm calling the free energy files because calling things files now is super popular. But I'm basically yeah. writing this these series of Substack articles on just all the suppression of free energy inventions, things like that. And I posted a, um, a preview exclusively for subscribers on my locals page. And somebody in the comments was giving me shit because it was uh she was saying oh it's an article about free energy but it's not free huh <laughs> kind of funny actually i'll i'll give it to her that was kind of funny but i'm just like do you expect everything for free yeah. like what kind of entitled mindset is that no, right that, that's like, that's that's important john that's a very important point because i want to yeah. uh, point that out because i know you're getting these projections i'm getting these projections i know you put a lot of stuff out for free which is also not free you put energy time in it you're all set up it costs money same for me i have a podcast with my wife we put episodes out there quote unquote for free i write articles it takes time resources energy and all of that to produce that it's not free right we give it for free but we put a lot of into it and then we have other things we charge for and that people get upset but that's a matrix program in itself that only in, we have been so programmed over the past year, especially, it's this made, it's this Marx, neo-Marxist socialist mindset, this entitlement that everything should be for free, right? And that's how the matrix gets people too, uh, via comfort, even with the internet. Shit lot of stuff is for free on the internet, right? But that also people getting very easily entitled that everything should be for free. Well, I can look it up. This should be for free. That should be for free. I don't want to do this. I don't want to pay for anything. 
you see this what's happening in Canada with universal quote unquote free uh, income, right? Basic universal basic income. Uh, and then you end up like the WF, you will own nothing, but you will be happy. But everything is quote free, free, but nothing is free in the entire universe. It literally goes against divine law, natural okay. law. We need to pay with ourselves, right? Engaging in the flow, the more you give, the more you receive in all of that. And one of the biggest matrix programs is the scarcity poverty program. I see this a lot in the so-called truth movement, right? Who don't take responsibility, who think they they are owed, they're entitled. I mean, I've gotten, I'm telling you, <laughs> Real quick, my articles on my website tend to be a bit long, right? I'm I'm pretty thorough. I go deep into it. They're you know complex topics, so they're sometimes 30, 20,000, 30,000 words, and I post them here and there. They are for free, and then I still get emails sometimes with people's entitlements stating, "Well, I like your work, but not not all of us have all the time. Can you in the future summarize your articles in ten points or make shorter articles, please?" Like I'm already providing free material and then it's still not enough. And then I'm being told how I should do it to, uh, you know, kind of satisfy their entitlement. But well, I people are also that out. lazy too. People lazy, are also... the short attention span epidemic yeah. and all of that. But it's, it's a huge thing, right? Uh, I think what's what's missing nowadays, especially in the, I'm not saying everybody, but obviously, but in the so-called truth of movement, a certain self-responsibility, you know, don't be just a consumer. What do you create? What do you provide, right? All of that. And, and not just consume, 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 and then feel everything uh, you're entitled for for free. I mean, it's just insanity. You literally, that mindset feeds the socialist Marxist world uh, globalist order, right? Yeah, like when I, when I come across... For instance, when I come across, say, a good content creator on the internet, I have no problem subscribing to them for five bucks a month or something like that. Just throw them a, throw yeah. them a tip every month. I appreciate what they do. I appreciate their work. Could use the same example for buying, uh, good food. I don't yes. want to per. I don't want to purchase some big box terrible brand. I don't mind paying a couple extra bucks for the exact same thing at a local store that it's locally produced. I mean, there is some sacrifice that we have to make if we really want to make the world better. We have to sacrifice the convenience mindset and make some tough choices. Like, okay, I'll yeah. spend a few extra bucks to do my part to change the system to support this small producer, small independent brand or family-run business aside yeah. from buying the crappy Walmart or Safeway food. So these kinds of small sacrifices, I mean, if we want alternative media to rise up and take over, well, then we need to support alternative and independent media as yeah. opposed to supporting the mainstream. How are we going to do that? We're not going to do it by expecting everything for free. So yeah, exactly. it is what Even it like is. People got so upset with Elon Musk changing eight bucks a, uh, you know, a month, whatever, for Twitter Blue. I don't care about the check mark. I pay for it because even the premium now, because I don't see any ads. I don't like to want to see ads. So I pay for it. No problem. And I get to write longer posts. Perfect. It's a great exchange. I you do, and it. you don't need to buy it if you don't want it, right? Exactly. You can still it's still use Twitter free. Without, yeah. yeah. So. No. But I'm saying because it ties all into this, the bigger topic of this truth movement and projections onto each other and people getting triggered. Why? And you grifter this, grifter that. They're you know that there are real grifters out there for sure. Absolutely. Right. But it's also like, like you said, it's easy to, to see and discern. Sometimes I'm still fascinated why some people fall for certain things. It just boggles my mind. But then like I have what, to remember what's myself. The, what are the topics? Or the people, if you want to name names, you know I don't have any problem naming names, but <laughs> we don't have to go there. Or or topics in general. What's the 
wackiest shit you see people fall fall for that just boggles your mind? Uh, I mean, it's still all over. For me, it's definitely the flatter thing is one of those, right? I've been done, you know, I've debated it many years ago. And, and there's this, this weird toxicity when I people become extremely triggered who support this belief when uh, when you don't buy into it and you, it it goes fast into any sort of personal attack. So that's a big distraction for me. It doesn't change anything what I do, right? If the if flirt is earth, if, uh, the earth is flat or a globe or whatever, but I just see does a certain, you know, not all of them, but uh, there's a weird uh, toxicity in, in this whole movement that kind of sees if you don't believe that, then everything else I cannot, you know, take you serious anymore. It's almost they take it as a foundation. So that's one of the things, right? And I don't care what you believe. I don't go around. The problem is identification. It becomes a dogma. It comes literally a religion. I don't care if you believe uh, if the earth is flat or not. How are, how are you as a human being relational, right? How can you relate to me? How can you how can we interact still, even if we may have different beliefs, right? In the end of I may be completely wrong. In the end, the earth is I can it's fine, right? But I don't care. It's just the identification with certain beliefs are insane, right? Then within the Q movement, I see a lot of this JFK Jr. still being alive and, and these kind of things, right? Um, and um, all, all kinds of other claims that just, you know, um, that have nothing yeah. to do with the original Q material whatsoever. You know, if yeah. you really look at the drops, I know that for sure. And uh, what else? I was going to uh, say the whole quantum financial yes, system, Mazar yeah. thing, which Nizarra you were just Gizarra. describing. People uh, want stuff for free and then title. I mean, that's that is that's, that that's, wanting to be saved. That's the savior mindset right there. I want to be saved by some magical act that's going to give me 10 million free. Exactly. All sort of stuff. Exactly. I mean, uh, all that will be raised and they give you free money. It goes against uh, 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 universal law. You know, this is nothing is free in the entire universe. That's a big red flag. And people fall for that because of their own trauma, because of their they feel entitled. Right. By the way, I've talked about this Nizar Gazar thing that came out in my research. I came across first these claims in the 90s based on some very highly suspicious channeled material from the Galactic Federation of Light. Oh, that's that's another um, one of my favorites is all the channelers <laughs> out there. And what's funny is that researching into the channeling stuff, a lot of them claim to be channeling Pleiadians or Arcturians, right? Yeah. In the whole UFO, New Agey world, that's the those are the two main star systems you hear all the time. Pleiadians, I'm talking to the Pleiadians or the Arcturians. When you actually look astronomically at the Pleiadian star system or the Arcturus star, yeah, we don't have any planets. Yeah. Ar Arcturus doesn't have any planets. And Pleiades uh, only has a couple, but they're really young. So tell me how an advanced extraterrestrial civilization formed around Arcturus that you're channeling when Arcturus doesn't even have any planets. Yeah. Right? I mean that's so, a whole, uh, that's a whole can of worms itself. Channeled material, Jesus. Yeah. You know? I mean, I have to say though, I mean, in my own work, I got in the in the '90s, I got into Barbara Messiniak's work, "Bring Us of the Dawn." She was more of the kind of original sources, quote unquote, channeling Palladians, mm -hmm. but they themselves didn't present themselves as extraterrestrial, but almost like a future version of ourselves, transmitting back into time. And going back, you know, I I got a lot out of it uh, from from the from the uh, from her early work, 
Um, because it's always truth mixed with lies. But it was a bit new agey, you know, back in the night was my new age phase for sure. But then also I remember I went to a channeling workshop with her, Barbara Messiniak, in 2004, 2005 in Sedona. And it was weird. She was like overtaken by some other energy. And each channel has its own cult following, you know, of people just projecting onto mm. them and taking everything uh, on face value. Bashar is another thing, you know, ties into yeah. that. Uh, so there are a lot of issues because I think sometimes they tap into something real, you know, um, again, it's a truth mixed with lies thing. So you can get something out of it, but these are easily overtaken and then people can easily be misled because they swallow the lies as well. Right. Yeah. I, I had that same experience. You brought up Stephen Greer earlier and the whole ability to be able to, I mean, maybe he's a gatekeeper, maybe he's blackmailed or control opposition or something, but even with people, you know, or shills, you can get something useful from yes. them. Like like Bruce Lee said, absorb what's useful, reject what's useless, yeah. and add what's uniquely your own. And I learned a lot through from Stephen Greer from the years of 2012 to maybe 2015, 2016. I was really into his work. I learned a lot. But then yeah. the red flags started coming up, questions started coming yeah. up, and I kind of left him in his work. But you know, you can still you can still learn good stuff from exactly that, from... that's a key point i mean Greer too i remember i even got it i remember his first conference or you know national what is it called in in dc he did this oh this... the yeah yeah his national press club event national press club he did the first one in 2001 uh, back then i became aware of that and i bought i got in this disclosure project i bought his dvds i was like oh my god that's it finally yeah. i sent it to my family to my dad like Dude, it's like insanity how much save how much save your mentality is within the ufo movement though yeah, and it's exactly. it's there's a variety of them too you got some people think they're going to be saved by aliens some people yeah. think they're going to be saved by the government disclosure as if you're going to expect the government to admit all they've done wrong some people yeah. think they're going to be saved by this whistleblower coming out or this famous influencer with his podcast, he's going to be bringing the truth out to the world and save us all. It's pretty, pretty crazy how much, uh, save yourself. That's, there's in that's a huge program. And, uh, and yeah. at the, at the, you know, even with the may trigger some people in, in who listen us, but even the save the G there's a Jesus savior program as well, which is for my distortion of the true Christian teachings. You know, I'm, you know, I follow more, I'm deep into integral yogas from Sri Aurobindo's work, the Vedic teachings and Sufism and some other ones. More as a, I'm also deep into esoteric Christianity. I've studied that a lot and practiced that. And being even in contact with some Christians who do more the esoteric work, Christianity, inner work. And they also say, no, you don't need to accept Jesus as your savior. That was later, later introduced in religion almost as a trap of agreement, right? Be in order to kind of make almost an occult trap of agreement via um, projecting the savior uh, ideology externally and trying to be saved by something outside of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And when we when we talk about essentially it's Christ consciousness and connecting to your true self, right? And all of that and what maybe Jesus stood for. But that house, you know, you have the Jesus savior program, you have the alien savior program, you have even a little bit the Trump savior pro program, you know, which people then even within the Q movement, I'm sure you know, People take it the wrong way and wait for finally everybody to be arrested and done and over with. <laughs> Dude, there's a there's a Bitcoin savior program. But there's that. You know, yes, I'm, exactly. I'm a big yeah. fan of That's some true. of the aspects of Bitcoin. I understand the idea of a decentralized money system and being able to exchange yeah. without yeah. a middleman and all of that. But 
crypto still has some problems. I mean, yes. big, big solar flare goes off. You can kiss your internet, kiss your Bitcoin goodbye. Yeah. All that's not going to do you any good. And that, and that's true. I'm also a big fan of Bitcoin and all that. But then they always say Bitcoin is the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, to everything. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you mentioned a minute ago the word cult. Yeah. And I want to dive into that for a few moments here because this, the cult-like mentality is also prevalent everywhere. Left-wing politics, right-wing politics, the truth awakening movement, uh, religious world, new age world, all over the place. You get this cult-like mentality of what could we boil it down to? Is it people's insecurities are they are they insecure in themselves so they need others to believe exactly what they believe so they feel yes. validated they feel secure yeah you hit the nail on the head there's actually i forgot somebody a psychologist had this great quote that the the biggest reason why people join groups and movements and organizations is literally as you said because of insecurity they are so uh, de detached from a true self also wounded, disassociated, they know themselves, feel deeply insecure. They need others around themselves who believe in the same things to make themselves feel better about themselves. Mm. Right? That's the key aspect of any, uh, and it boils down to the what I call the trap of identification. Right? That's why also I always say people want to be around like-minded people. This and that. We want to be in, absolutely we want to be around like-minded people, but that also can be a trauma response. It can be an echo chamber. It can be a um, confirmation bias just to make, you know, uh, I'm around all the people who believe the exact same thing as I do. I feel good. I feel a bit better about myself, right? But that's just the breeding ground for cults right there, right? And then you demonize everybody else who doesn't believe like I do, right? Like even I have fallouts with the flat earth people, which I, I can hold. There's also another psychological a mechanism from Yang in psychology, the uh, ability to, uh, to hold the tension between opposites, right? And not fall into like what I called before psychological splitting, right? There's only extreme black and white thinking. So that you can still see, for example, oh, this person believes in flat earth, but, you know, and, and but he or she has some other th good things to say, which I can, you know, find some resonance with. You know, you don't kind of throw the baby the bathwater again. But you see there's a lot happening within certain fractions of the truth movement that are specifically built around one topic, it becomes very cultish. There's right? a lot of, there's a lot of friction between, um, hyper-religious people and people yeah. who talk about or study, um, UFOs and extraterrestrial life. There's a big right. split between them where you got the hyper-religious people say, it's all demons. Yeah. You were lost. I mean, all all the time, almost I've every single that. day, I get I've people tell me that I'm not spiritually enlightened or I'm not going to make it to heaven or however they describe it, just because I don't believe exactly what they believe about their ideology, right? Yeah. And and the yeah. same thing, a lot of New Agers out there, a lot of UFO people, they'll act arrogant and they'll laugh at religious folks. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of splitting between those two camps, exactly. but we could we could bring a lot of examples into this between a divide and conquer duality of people who can't see the nuance and it's just black exactly. and white in their mind. And the nuance is like, especially this topic, it's both. I feel definitely they are hyperdimensional entities, beings, you call them demons, azuras. They've been given different names that are live right outside our five sensory perception. They've been native to earth all along next to humanity, which... Uh, are aspects of what we call the UFO alien phenomenon, you know, absolutely. 
they can even shapeshift. They can appear in certain uh, ways. They can even appear as a Palladian. They can appear as a Jesus, whatever they want to get your consent, right? Uh, based on the belief system of, of whoever they want to entrap. Absolutely. There are also the positive divine beings in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. That guide us, but don't save us necessarily. Um, and I would also claim, yeah, there are also physical aliens and entities absolutely as well that have interacted. I would not know what is what. I'm not claiming to know it all. But it's it, there's a big mystery out there, and there's way beyond to what we believe it is. So again, it's a nuance aspect, and especially the you know there's always the idea when you know when you think you know you've figured it out, that's a big red flag, <laughs> especially in that. And then there's another aspect to what I appreciate you bringing up as well. A lot of this phenomenon is quote unquote our own deep state military black magic uh, budget projects, right? Technologies, UFOs, or crafts that are native to humans and advanced technologies and it has the appearance of alien technology as well yeah the whole ufo subject is so full of nuance that's why it's a lot it's very difficult for a lot of people to understand and i i get when they i i can understand why they might have some oversimplified hot takes that don't really make sense i yeah. get it because it's such a big topic with so many different moving parts but you know it is quite simple. A lot of UFOs seen in our sky are man-made craft. Some are definitely not. Who's piloting the ones that are not? We also yeah. have, I mean, also, I think we can just look at ourselves and then extrapolate life out there in the cosmos by just looking at ourselves. The problem is a lot of people don't really know themselves or they yeah. don't know about us. We have a physical body. We also exist in a metaphysical or a spiritual realm. Us, we yes. do. We have physical body and a consciousness. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. And yeah. then they project these ideas to extraterrestrials like either they're just physical or they're just spiritual. Why good is point. both? Very good point. Yeah. Why is both so, so difficult um, for people to entertain, right? Yeah. It's probably yeah. both. There's physical yeah. and non-physical beings. Yeah. I think the danger, especially when you when people are highly conditioned to program with religious dogma, right? And that's, I mean, religions have been used for social control for thousands of years, especially Christianity. I'm sorry, and I see this revival happening. There's even this weird um, uh, thing happening from ex-New Ages. They were hardcore in the New Age, now becoming hardcore dogmatic Christians, right? My same wife and trap, I, the, different, you know, same exactly, mindset, different trap. We even had the podcast about you know this the the new age Christian pipeline, so to speak. All of a sudden, two two sides of the same coin, two extremes, right? There's also I feel there's a lot of it as a, a trauma response. It goes back to bring it around circle to the psychological awareness. I know it sees a lot of having worked with so many people, understanding psychology, understanding myself more and more and more. I can see how people get entrapped in these beliefs and cults and really identified with certain views and. And 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 dogma because as a trauma response because of insecurity of not, not feeling safe they need something to hold on to, right? And then that's when the trouble. I've written an article about this uh, called the trap of identification, and that's the issue, right? Um, because people get so offended when you question their beliefs because they're so identified with it, right? And then they want to push their beliefs onto you like anybody who tells me I need to accept Jesus as my savior or go, I won't go to heaven. Uh, you know, it already shows me, man, like this is not, you're not very self-aware nor spiritual, nor would Jesus say anything like that to begin with, right? So it's it's this trap of identification, especially in the truth movement, when we are so hyperly focused 
identified with our beliefs, that our whole persona becomes that. Hence, naturally, when we're being questioned, we feel like we're being personally attacked. But it is, again, a trauma response. And, you know, getting more, being able to hold the tension of opposites, being able to entertain ideas without identifying, that's the key point. Same, that's why I feel a meditation practice is very important in, in that level, just on the basic level to know how to control your mind, not to identify with every thought that comes along or emotion, just being able to hold it and, and see it almost more, quote unquote, objectively. I think that's very much needed in, in the so-called truther movement. And that can only happens through an inner discipline, right? It doesn't happen through any research abilities. Uh, sometimes the intellect can be actually in the way because if you're so caught up in the mind, I'm sure you've experienced this, people can rationalize anything, right? It's very tricky, the intellect. They can fool you. I've, the, I've, the, my intellect have fooled me, especially when you do the inner work. That's another trap people get into it. They can intellectualize the inner work. You be intellectually aware of, of your childhood issues and then you think you've healed it, but your body's just holding it, right? There's still unconscious trauma, emotions you have never looked at. You're afraid to feel and you project it onto others. And you see everything as a threat to you. That's why people then get into this doom and gloom black pill territory, right? They don't see anything good anymore because their inner reality is hell in that sense. Beliefs can be dangerous things. They definitely yeah. can be, you know, and beliefs are meant to change. I think change is the only constant in our universe. And of course, there's balance there. If you're changing your beliefs all the time, that means you're yeah. way too wishy-washy and suggestible. But for people who aren't changing their beliefs at all, no matter what they experience or what they research, they're just so rigid in their lives. Yes. That's that's a big issue as well. And you were talking about some people just intellectualize or rationalize everything. The mind can be tricky, but also I think a lot of people, maybe they're rationalizing or intent or intellectualizing their gut feeling. Some people, you know, they'll say, you often hear, just go with your gut or the yeah. gut feeling never lies or something like that. Uh, depends. Can be very deceiving too. <laughs> that can be very deceiving as well. Yep. Are you really, yeah. are you, are you rationalizing your intuition? Then yeah. maybe you're tricking yourself. Are you yeah. sure that gut feeling is sending you down, down the right path? Or is yeah. it only feel good in your gut or feel good to your intuition because you're subconsciously getting caught up with confirmation biases? Yeah. So no, it feels good. Yeah. Well, why does yeah. it feel good? Are you just running off feelings? Very, right? No, no, very important point, Jordan. That's why I would even go even further. You, I would say you won't, you don't even can fully trust your gut nor your intuition unless you have a certain level of self-awareness and worked on yourself already. Mm -hmm. Because I know from having worked with, you know, again, a lot of people dealing with a lot of stuff and my own inner work and the work my wife and I do together. Um, if you're traumatized, if you're dealing with uh, suppressed shadow, childhood wounding, um, you can mistake all kinds of things for intuition, which are not intuition, right? All kinds of visual thinking, emotional projections, thoughts, and all of that for intuition. You can even worse. And that's why people, you know, people get themselves, for example, who are very traumatized still into abusive relationships oftentimes, right? And why is this? Because they cannot trust the intuition and gut because they perceive what they see as a safe situation is actually an unsafe situation, but they're drawn to that unconsciously because that that's the abuse they were used to growing up. It feels familiar. Similar the other way around, they reject a safe situation um, um, because it doesn't feel familiar. 
to be safe in in a relationship, for example, and then always gravitate towards the abusive, unsafe relationship, right? That's the the dance between the empath and the narcissist. And you can see this in the truth of, in out there as well. You know that people um, can easily. Let me back up. There's a saying. I'm sure you heard about it. Take what resonates and leave the rest. Right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very yes, popular. I can't stand that one. <laughs> you know, and ironically, there's some truth in that. But you, in order to really use the idea of resonating, you need to have tuned the reading instrument yourself. So you really need to know yourself, your own bias, your projections, your triggers, and, and your wishful thinking to really come to a true place of resonance. Because what I've seen a lot, and I've done this same myself in the past, you can literally resonate with lies because it's wishful thinking, because it sounds amazing, and reject the truth and throw away the truth and vice versa, right? So... That's, you know, the whole idea when people just claim, oh, it's just my intuition, it's just a gut feeling. I don't believe it because you have to have a certain level of self-awareness to really trust these inner impressions. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. I think you were describing, um, I've heard a term before in my psychological reading is I can't remember who came up with it or where I read it, but it was a repetition compulsion. Exactly. So some people yes. are compulsively getting in bad relationships or yeah. bad situations for themselves as an unconscious, just like you were describing there. That's yeah. what they're used to. That's what they feel safe with. Even if it's an unsafe situation, that's yeah. just all they've known. Yeah. So it's basically their comfort zone in getting themselves into these bad situations. It's a form of unconscious or subconscious repetition compulsion. And maybe at a collective level, we've been, in a form of repetition compulsion. I mean, of course, law of <laughs> correspondence as above, so below. If we're all doing it individually, then collectively, we've been doing the same thing. That's why we keep accepting, I'm not saying choosing, but accepting these terrible politicians and dealing yes. with economic collapse after economic collapse because we have this collective repetition compulsion that as yes. a society, we just keep falling into the same trap, same trap. And exactly. like you said earlier, the powers that be, they know our psychology better than we do. Yeah. So they're setting up the next repetition compulsion for us to fall exactly. into. Exactly. And that's that's what happened over the past three years. That was see Laura and I and our work. We work with so many people on this deeper level. Uh, what happened over the past three years, especially the 2020-21 with the lockdowns, the social distancing, it's, it's what I call the matrix trauma installment program. Billions of people got traumatized. And so many people are traumatized, they don't know that they are traumatized. So they disassociate, right? This is a disassociate. They just get into uh, information overload or distract themselves, drug abuse, whatever it may be, uh, or down the rabbit hole to, just to try to, or they even like identifying all of a sudden with the dogmatic religious belief is also trauma response that needs some relief, right? From the terror within themselves of the shock that happened. It's a it's a normal psychological reaction, but like, like you said, the powers that be use it against humanity because when you can traumatize the people, you can easier control them. Why? Because when you're traumatized, you're disassociated, you're not connected to self, you're more looking outside for guidance. You become an authoritarian follower, not only with government, but then you can see it in the truth of movement, or oh, this savior, this person, you know, the so many projections externalized because they lost the guidance within, right? And that's what we need to reconquer. We need to come to this inner place where we can trust ourselves more, lead ourselves more. That's that's a key aspect nowadays. But we have people have become so traumatized and out of body um, that you know. Here's here's another thing I want to mention that 
I wanted to add to that what you said. Well, we see a lot in our work, and I've seen this with myself, a lot of people suffer from the unconscious, I'm not good enough program, right? As I call it, I'm not good enough, which also ties, I cannot trust myself. Hence, I need somebody else to tell me what to do. And what it's unconscious, so people are not aware of it. And what is, does the I'm not trust, I don't trust myself program tie into? I don't trust life, I don't trust the world. And if you have that unconscious program and now get into conspiracies and question, to a degree, you become overly paranoid. You don't trust anyone anymore. Because that's what I've seen. I've even wrote an article about it. I've seen an excessive amount of armchair, excuse me, truthers, all of a sudden blaming everyone in public figure is basically who has some sort of success is a controlled op or shill. Anyone without nuance, you know, from Joe Rogan to Jordan Peterson to Russell Brand be it Trump to Elon Musk to on to to Tucker Carlson to you and me on, to you and me I've been called controlled op shill CIA agent to all somebody you know, yesterday on insane. Twitter somebody uh somebody was <laughs> saying I got paid by the CIA like I smell a CIA and I'm just like I wait like I'm waiting where yeah, is I've it been, I've been called literally CIA agent because I simply I don't think there's something to this flat earth thing like you're shill CIA agent you're the deceiver I'm like paid by NASA Jesus but I'm saying this is this is from a basic psychological level. It's based on this: I don't trust myself. I cannot trust the world. It's childhood wounding, all of this. Hence, you have an inability to even see anything remotely good or trust that actually life can take care of yourself. You can actually trust life on deeper levels if you're able to connect to that. And if you're not able to connect to that, you pay into the, uh, play into their agenda because they want you to be into fear and paranoia. They want us not to trust each other and and see everything as an enemy. And there's there's you know the, the shoe is going to drop at any moment again, and we're being taken over. And it's madness. I mean, it's not black and white. You want to be some sort of aware, but I see a big issue with this doom and gloom paranoia um, atmosphere out there in the truth and movement sometimes. So how do we get over it? You know, is it? I think one aspect of it is just lack of experience. People are yeah. so content sitting behind their screen and intellectualizing everything that they don't actually get out from their bedroom or out from yes. their computer room and actually experience the world. Like, yes. okay, you think the earth is flat. Have you ever been to the Southern Hemisphere? Yeah. I went to Australia. Let me tell you how different those constellations are and different yeah. the stars are in the sky. Or have you, you know, you got all these thoughts about politics. Okay. Have you actually gotten out and talked to political figures? Like maybe not at a national level, but even at a local level or gotten involved in some yeah. local civics boards meetings or something like that, right? Or, okay, you got all these thoughts and beliefs and opinions about different diets or health programs, exercise programs or whatever. Have you tried any of them? Like yeah. then, then I will take somebody's opinion far more seriously if I can see the experience they had behind it, right? And I don't yeah. want them to talk about their experience. I want to see it. I want to see the proof yeah. of them actually experiencing something. So yeah. maybe that's one thing, but what's, um, what's some other shadow work people can do just kind of to wrap up here? We've been talking for yeah. an hour about all these different psychological problems and we could talk for 10 more hours about all the psychological problems yeah. that we all have, but... What are some ways that people can um, do some shadow work? 
One of the first, as as one of my teachers, I started Gurdjieff would say, before we do self-work, we need to do learn how to do self-work. So when I talk about shadow work, people throw around the uh, word around a lot, but don't really know what it is and how to do it. So I would recommend to anybody who is interested in shadow work, for, you know, there's material on my website, uh, free podcast. I have a little masterclass on that. There's shit lot of free stuff. You can just look it up. Yeah. Shadow work. Just understand what it is, right? And how it works. The basics, really understanding how to work with projections and triggers, taking responsibility for everything you feel. For example, you know, being able, that's why meditation practice, mindfulness is key. Like you mentioned, get off the screen sometimes. We're so mechanically addicted to the death scroll. It, uh, it kind of diminishes the attention span, which is a matrix program in itself. People have no attention span anymore. You need to be able to hold focus, attention, reconquer your attention, go out in nature, get into your body, you know, get into real life and don't just experience life through social media or the internet. Like you mentioned, it's very important, you know, as, especially, you know, in, in, in your profession, self-care is key. Otherwise we're going to go nuts, Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, have a certain curiosity, for example, the basic exercise of shadow work where somebody, really, something really upsets you on, especially on social media, be curious, like, why does it so upset me? What does it remind me of? Right? Because most often, whatever we get triggered by it relates to an unconscious situation that happened to us way in the past, even childhood. Right? So we literally project our mom or dad into other people. I mean, on that basic level. Right. So we need to have a certain self-awareness. There's a very famous quote from Carl Jung, and he said, you know, whatever irritates us into somebody else gives us huge insights into ourselves. I'm paraphrasing the quote. But there's always a lesson to it. When you're really irritated by somebody else, if you're really coming from self, from your true self, you can recognize somebody's maybe pathologies or just, you know, whatever they are saying, but you don't get overly emotionally upset about it to the point that you need to troll on the person or something. Right. <laughs> And for example, with social media and, you know, what we, what people post, would, would I tell this, uh, what I am writing, would I tell this person in person, literally, right? As we have all these courageous <laughs> warriors behind the keyboard, right? Uh, hiding away and projecting the shit onto others. And you pollute the collective unconscious with these projections. Again, you feed other entities, other forces. Rudolf Steiner talked about the Sri Abhinna, the other forces that feed off of all this lower vibrational luge we project onto the world and others, right? That's what the real matrix mechanism operates on these unseen levels, right? Working through people. But I would say, become curious, you know, learn about shadow work, go deeper uh, into, into your inner world, become a curious Become, learn more mindfulness, be, stay more in your body, become more, how can I say, um, almost quote unquote objective with yourself. And it's not an easy process because once you go inside, it will may reveal all kinds of feelings, emotions you have avoided to feel or look at and suppressed for a long, long time, right? Many people, they're extremely angered. They have suppressed sadness, a lot of unconscious shame, guilt, and all of that that's building up over decades, right? And then can also manifest in physical illness and all of that, or we project it all, it's all in the other world. And you're right, I see the left projecting on the, their shadow on the right. I say the right projecting their shadow onto the left, right? And I'm not, I'm not implying that we all just have to get along and just be nice to each other, but look within. I mean, there's one quote I love, even for the ending here, I have an article you mentioned by Gurdjieff, he says, the majority of people find many excuses not to work on themselves. They are in a complete prison of their weaknesses. And that's what I see a lot as well. 
And he continues, understand me right. I don't need followers. I'm rather interested in finding the real warriors of the new world. And that's what a true warrior is for me, for the future, a spiritual warrior. Informational warrior, yes, as well. But really an internal warrior as well to really take responsibility for your inner life and engage in the inner work, which is most often more difficult than projecting our shit out there. Um, yeah, and that's man. my TED talk for today. <laughs> <laughs> I think me personally, you know, I, I look at it, I look at it, the human at various levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and within each of those categories, there's different things you can do to help with that shadow work physically, of course, get your body healthy. I yeah. find a lot of, um, a lot of us hold our emotions through our body unconsciously. We have these neurotic yeah. holding patterns in our body. So doing body work, just yes. exercise. But make sure you know what you're doing with your exercise. Don't don't work already tense muscles and then leave the weak ones at that. But you got to understand your posture, what's yeah. going on with your body, and then uh, exercise or stretch what needs to be strengthened or stretch in your body. So bioenergetics or body work, I'm a big fan of for helping to release a lot of that tension, emotional tension through the body. I also am a big fan of psychedelics, and that's mm -hmm. not for everybody. It's definitely yeah. not for everybody. And you really have yeah. to study and know what you're doing before you go into it. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the somatic. I'm also, I, I used to be a professional body worker for 20 years. I had my own practice back in California. And I'm a huge fan of just, I'm still getting a weekly or twi twice a week, uh, twice a month uh, body work massage. Get out of my head. It's it's really, we mm -hmm. like you said, we still a lot of emotional stuff in the in our whole body, you know? So I'm all the body, just good workout, good yoga practice, a hike, getting into the body is key nowadays. So we get out of the head. It's very important. A lot of emotions are stored. So I'm yeah, with man, you. Psychedelics is a two-edged sword, but you know, at the at you know, uh, what I'm a fan of is microdosing. At you know, at least a little mm. bit, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, I've done some of that. Dabbled in some microdosing before, and I've taken a couple of larger doses. No, no, like. Terrence McKenna, five gram God dose or something like that, <laughs> but just need a little bit. Yeah. I like to go out in nature. I'm a big fan of nature as well. Yes. Running yeah. through nature, hikes, backpacking excursions, just getting away from the rat race and getting out into nature. That's, that's highly underrated spiritual experience and emotionally cleansing is just getting in tune with nature. Exactly. So yeah. And I also want to just, sorry, I want to add to that before I close out, because I feel also we all, everybody has something to contribute. You know, what I the work, I do a lot with people of my wife to help people to connect to the, as cliche as it sounds, but the deeper soul purpose. But I feel that everyone has certain gifts and talents only they can provide. You know, I think I really appreciate you. You really have also your own gift, the way that you work, you do and have a certain uh, constitutions already to have a, a certain discerning mind more grounded than many others, which they need to learn. But that's kind of your thing, right? And it's easy for some of us when when you follow your talent and your calling, you still need to work on it. But we all have something, right? We can contribute. So I would also really uh, uh, inspire others to really find something you can really get into your creative spirit, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be do what I do, what you do, you know, maybe get by whoever you get inspired, but find your I own suck thing at how music. you can create something. <laughs> don't ask me don't ask me to play any instrument. I am terrible at there music. There you go. <laughs> but for those that like music who get who release their creative spirit through that, 
that can yeah. be incredibly healing exactly for somebody yeah. to be able to do that or art or, or drawing exactly. or whatever because it may be right you have to understand from the matrix perspective they also want us to just become mindless consumers right so we need to activate our creative spirit, our daimion, as Carl Jung said. We have all this creative spirit with us, but we need to make conscious efforts to create this because creativity is also the antidote to these matrix forces. Because as you may know, the matrix, the, the powers that be, they're not very creative. They need our creativity to create their reality through us, right? That's how they operate. So we need to reconquer our own creative spirit and, and have our own vision, our own dreams and like, work towards that as well and not again to finish it off not always pull out the weeds and point everything out that is wrong but plant new seeds we need to become seed people as uh, uh, i forgot who who said that in a sense to really also create a new world with our own gifts and talents and we need to recover we can only recover them through the inner work because shadow work by the way is not this deep like dark evil process and coming in terms of your own evil no the essence of shadow work is actually to to connect, to remove all of that that's in the way of your true self and true essence. And then it liberates an immense amount of creativity and creative potential. I've seen it within myself. And that's really the, the beauty of this work, right? It The more you do the work, the more you connect to your true essence, the more access you have to creativity, to intuition, the more you can flow in life and the more prosperity and abundance you will um, experience and create as well in going against all this programming we're being bombarded with. And that's for me personally, the real solution, right? To be the change, so to speak. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me, having this conversation to, to finish things off here. What's your website? What's your main platforms for people unfamiliar with you and your work? Where can they go to find more from Bernard? Uh, probably the best place is my website, veilofreality.com, V-E-I-L of reality.com. I write a lot of articles, over almost 100 articles about various different topics. Uh, there are the links to the podcast as well. I do with my wife, the Cosmic Matrix podcast. You can find it also on uh, Apple Podcast and, and Spotify. I've also a YouTube channel, Time of Transition. Lots of videos there talk about various topics. I've 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 produced some films. One of them, UFOs, Aliens, and the Question of Contact. I've done this 11 years ago. Since this topic uh, still is becoming more popular, I feel still feel it stands on its own. Where I talk about Stephen Greer disclosure project, the issues with that, the alien abduction phenomenon, the hyperdimensional aspect of the UFO phenomena. So people can check that out as well. Also on my website. Uh, um, I offer my wife as all, also we offer little mini courses, master classes. You can find it on my website and we have our flagship program. We do it like two or three times a year, a 14 week group coaching program, embodied soul awakening, where we go deep into the inner work, but check it all out on veilofreality.com and lots of stuff to dive into. Awesome. Hey, Bernard, thank you. Perfect. Appreciate you Thanks being so. here. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Right, take care. Take care.